Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike the intern, Ned Reynolds, two cups of coffee. We're in the studio and talking Chiefs football all week. People have been stopping me and saying, hey, big win on Sunday. And I say, yes, (laughs) big win. Second half is probably the best half of football that team's played all year long. But the true test, my friend will be when we go to Tennessee. One of them. There will be other true tests coming up, but uh, this will be one of them with Tennessee and their running game. Don't be, and I'm not trying to be negative about this whole thing, but don't be misled by that win on Sunday. Kansas City is a better team than Washington. Oh, absolutely. And Washington folks did not have the depth to be able to stay with Kansas City. They're too injured, too banged up. Uh, Second-string quarterback who played well for a while, but their defense got very tired. And the Chiefs were able to take advantage of it as they should. Kansas City's a good team. Are they a great team? I don't think it's been proven yet. How they play against Tennessee, I think, is going to be a significant barometer. Tennessee, though, is beaten up. They've got a lot of injuries, especially on their defense. Their offensive line is banged up. They lost one of their veterans on uh, Monday night with a head injury. So that they have their own problems. Unfortunately for the Chiefs, Derrick Henry is not one of them. No. He is a problem, but it's not an injury <laughs> problem. And and they run the ball very well, and that's where the Chiefs have been weak on their defensive line. Both teams are banged up going into this game, but then again, it's pro football you're going to be. Nonetheless, the Chiefs are a five-point favorite in this game. Could be a high-scoring game. Depends on how much pressure the Chiefs are able to put on Ryan Tannehill, but Bottom line is this, Tennessee is a stronger team than the Washington football team and a stronger team probably than the New York Giants, who Mm -hmm. the Chiefs will play next. But it all figures into the mix. It's pro football, and that's the way you play the game. Absolutely, and uh, I want to see how they play against Tennessee. It's crazy. They're they're a five-point favorite, but those NFL rankings kind of push the Chiefs back up, uh, back into the top ten for the most part. So I know it's a beauty contest, but at the same time, I think really the true test will see how they do against the Tennessee team. And then uh, got the Giants on Monday Night Football after that. So... Hopefully, it's it's been a crazy season so far, <laughs> but it's the NFL, and that's the way it works. Um, you know, if you have Yahoo Sports on your phone or ESPN, you probably got some notifications in the last few days that Washington State has parted ways with their coach, and you're probably thinking, what what the hell's going on? Well, Ned, what the hell's going on? It is, it is a microcosm of our social situation at the moment. And it's one I don't see how it's going to be resolved, in all honesty. Nick Rolovich, who's the head football coach at Washington State, has a pretty good team. They're 4-3 and three going into their game with Brigham Young coming up this Saturday. But the coaching staff is working under a state mandate in the Washington. All state employees, not just Washington State, but all state employees in Washington have to be vaccinated. It is a mandate from the state. The argument is, how about those people who don't want to be vaccinated? Don't we live in a free country where you make free choice? That's what Rolovich and four members of his coaching staff said. University said, hey, we've got to follow the state mandate. They've left. So there's no head coach, four assistant coaches, and these people are midway through the season. What are they going to do? (laughs) Going out and scouring the coaching staffs around the country right now. Rolovich said, hey, I don't want the vaccination. Four of his assistants said, we don't, we feel safe enough as is, and that's where we stand in the country right now. A division between those who want it. Is it, is it proper to mandate it? Hey, I'm not a constitutional expert, I don't know, but hey, we live under the First and Second Amendments to the Constitution where we have a lot of freedoms. 
Yeah, we'll we'll see uh, we'll see if uh, they can find Uncle Rico to go stand on the sideline for Washington University. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, one, one guy who has who has said he'll help is Ryan Leaf, who was one of their all all time great quarterbacks at Washington State. Highly drafted in the NFL, a bust. Oh, huge bust. Oh, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it'll be funny to see Uncle Rico stand over there and uh, coach that team. Um, so the spotlight of Missouri State just keeps getting bigger and bigger. We have a hell of a football season still going on right now and a ranked team. And then we got basketball beating at the door. And those Missouri State Lady Bears, I think the pressure's on, don't you think? Has to be. They are the defending champions in the Missouri Valley Conference. Last year, they went 16-0 and in the conference. They won it the last two years, going for a third straight championship, and they are favored to do so, and why not? They're a team that's absolutely loaded with talent. Lady Bears are a strong choice to repeat, this is preseason, of course, strong choice to repeat as the champions and become the first three-time champions since Drake who the Lady Bears followed as three, oh, maybe as three-time champions. Drake was champs from 2017 to 2019. Lady Bears took over 1920 and hoped to make 21-22 a third straight year. And there's a, a great chance that they could. It's a very, very good team that Coach Mox has back. And yeah, they're picked number one. Drake is picked number two and then so forth down the list. It'd be very interesting. They're not going to lose very many games. They are a very good team. Got to the uh, NCAA tournament last year, Stanford knocked him out of it, but by the same token, this Lady Bears team is going to make a lot of noise in the rankings this year. I'd like to see him go a little bit further beyond the Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, that'd be nice. Um, when's the first game? Lady Bears will be starting with a couple of exhibition games coming up very early and then get into their regular season in early November. It'll be it'll be a tough assignment. They have a really good tournament to play in down south, and uh, this is going to be a, a significant year for them. They're very good, a very good team, but the exhibition games will be first. Yesterday, if the Braves win again in a walk-off home run fashion, there was some collusion going on, and luckily for them, they lost. <laughs> Couldn't do it again. Uh, how about the other game, too? That was absolutely... Oh, man. These had two fascinating baseball games. The first one at Fenway Park, the Astros and the Red Sox. Red Sox had the lead, and boy, that's one thing the Astros could not afford. They couldn't afford another loss because these three games, now it's two, are in Boston, and the Red Sox are tough to beat. Houston ties the game in the eighth inning. It's tied 2-2 two to two in the ninth, and the Boston pitcher is one pitch away from sending this game into the last of the ninth inning when the Red Sox can win it in walk-off fashion. Did not happen. Houston erupts all the runs. I'm going to tell you in a second how many it was. All the runs score with two outs in the ninth inning. Seven of them. And Houston breaks a 2-2 lead, wins the game 9-2, seven runs in the ninth inning. Big hits by... The Astros are a good team, number one, but big hits by some of their key players. And I wonder if this isn't the type of explosion that the Astros needed to snap themselves out of lethargy. Series is now tied at two games apiece. So they will go back to Houston for at least one more game. But seven runs in the ninth Man. to win it on the other team's home field. Boy, that, that's God, Fenway would have been just, <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine all those people waiting to see that win and then all and of a sudden, yank! The balloon is bursting. <laughs> now the opposite happens at Dodger Stadium. The Atlanta Braves are kicking the Dodgers behind. They're up, <clears throat> they're up five to two in the eighth inning. Atlanta five, Los Angeles two. Or this game's this game's over. The fans are leaving. 
And in fact, on TV, they show, boy, the fans are departing here. They don't have any confidence in the Dodgers. Wrong-o. Eighth inning, base hit here, base hit here, and base hit there. Up comes Corey Seager, last year's National League MVP. Bango. Three-run homer to tie the game in the eighth inning. Two more hits. Puts the Dodgers ahead. Six to five. Dodgers win a game they had to win. They had to win win it. Yeah. So it's now a two-to-one series. Atlanta leads, and they play again later on this evening. But to think about that, two come-from-behind victories like that in, in one day in the playoffs, that is really, that's what baseball is all about. That is what baseball is all about. Speaking of what baseball is all about, the Springfield Cardinals pitcher is probably uh, counting his lucky stars today, don't you think? <laughs> He's counting more than that. <laughs> this is a kid named Dalton Roach who pitched down here last year. We had him on TV a couple of times in his outings. He started, I think, 19 games and finished with a record of 7-10, and 10. 7 wins, 10 losses. Kid from Minnesota Mankato. Used to be Mankato State. They've changed their name. Anyway, Roach showed some possibilities. He could be a, a coming pitcher, and then he may be down here again next year. He's going to be very fortunate to be somewhere next year. He is hunting, bow, bow hunting, in his home. The family apparently has a farm in Wisconsin, and he's bow hunting. It wasn't yesterday, the day before. And uh, he's out there bow hunting. You know, this is this something going on in the brush and it is a black bear thank you so he did oh my gosh i've only got a bow and arrow here what am i going to do well black bears are the lesser of two evils the small the, yeah the brown bears the brown bears are the one well you don't want black bear either but you definitely <laughs> if it's a brown bear you're you're toast well he goes up the tree he being dalton roach climbs a tree well here comes the bear after him and he's got a backpack and of course the bow and arrow and so forth and so on you know what am I going to do now? Eventually, he feels the paw of the bear on his back. And he says, well, I've been told that the bear will run off if you scare him. So he said, I turned around and shouted as loud as I could. And I said, and darned if the bear didn't back off and run away. And so, oh my God. needless to say, he was sweating quite a bit. Now, he did, he did suffer a slight bite wound, I think, on his leg, if I'm not mistaken. But that was all taken care of and so forth wow. and so on. But he you, was absolutely right. If, uh, if if you're listening right now and you're ever approached by a bear, first of all, don't try and run. You're supposed, you're supposed to make yourself as big as you can and make as much noise as you can, and hopefully that scares it enough. If not, you're screwed. <laughs> unless, unless you're a Missouri State bear, and then you better be prepared to play some defense. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to get that in there. Um, so, you know, it doesn't take long after uh, Schilt's departure, the, the rumor mills start to turn and who the replacement's going to be, who do you think it's going to be? Well, I, I really don't know, because it could go any way. His bench coach, which is usually the one they promote, that, that's unfair to say, because that's not always the case. But Schilt's bench coach for the last three years has been Oliver Marmol, who is a popular player and a, a longtime teacher in the Cardinals system of some of the players who are on the team now. Stubby Clapp, who is their first baseman, first base coach, I should say, um, also played for the Cardinals and many years ago. Uh, Joe McEwing, who is with the Chicago White Sox, also is a former Cardinal. Uh, Skip Schumacher, who is the associate uh, manager of the San Diego Padres. And of course, they're looking for a manager as well. He's thought to be a candidate. It, it could go anyway. There's so many options. The Cardinals did say that uh, they tried to, or going to try to have that manager in place by sometime early in November, mid-November. Well, November is 
Okay, Carl, we're pretty, talking like two weeks here, man. Bottom line is this. The fans all have their opinions. The general opinion that I hear is that not very many people are happy with this decision. No, no, no. If you if you look if you go into some of the forums and some of the things, like everyone it's it's definitely swayed on Schilt's side and for good reason. And that's why I said yesterday, if this next one isn't the one, then we know what the problem is. And therein lies the general consensus. Yeah. This is the third hire yeah. under the certain yeah. GM and it, or not even GM, he's president now. And if that doesn't work, somebody walks the point. We we know we know we know what the problem is. And like you know, like I said, the next one better be the hire, bud. Ned, I'm glad I don't have to hire anybody else. You have a great day.